0: In every pair of Tacovas boots, you can expect handmade quality, first-wear comfort, and timeless western style. Tacovas boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Takovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles visit tacovus.com that's t e c o v a s.com and don't go gently y'all
1: shut up and sit down hey
2: everybody welcome back to another episode of the bowhunter chronicles podcast brought to you by tacticam tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts whether it's the budget friendly solo or the 4k 5.0 there's something for every budget so check them out at tacticam.com. This episode, we've got John back. These episodes are kind of discombobulated. Um, I didn't know if John was going to be back for this one. Hell, I didn't even know John was back until uh, the day before uh, we actually had this podcast scheduled. Um, Ed over at Basemap said, hey, we're doing this uh, Basemap promotion where we're going to give everybody a week free of the base map pro, uh, with the hunt wind, uh, upgraded, uh, weather, um, some really neat features. We talk about that here on the podcast. Um, but that's running from October the 8th until the 14th. So you can sign up, even if you've got regular base map, uh, you'll have all of the free functionality, uh, of the pro from the 8th. Well, from the 8th to the 14th, um, you're, you're going to get that. If you sign up, let's say that you signed up for the free base map on the 13th, you'd still get a full seven days of the pro. So, uh, we wanted to get this podcast out, uh, to give you guys the best chance to, um, you know, check the whole thing out for free. Um, I do have another podcast that's recorded, uh, with Parker McDonald, um, about, um, transitioning to public land. Um, and, uh, that one was supposed to be this week, but I had to bump it for, uh, this, uh, base map promotion and, uh, John's back. It's the first time that I've even seen him in a month. So, um, pretty cool. There's a lot of his elk hunt mixed in here, um, with, uh, some of those features and functionalities of, of the new base map. And, um, Tonight, if you're listening to this live, uh, you know, or, or uh, on the Wednesday that it comes out, it's going to come out uh, Wednesday the 7th. Um, I'm going to go live on Instagram and we're going to do our Patreon giveaway for um, the Beast Sticks uh, for one of those Tacticam solos that I mentioned in the intro uh, and a free year of Bass Map Pro along with some swag. Um, and they do that for our Patreons every quarter. So we're going to be giving those away, and then uh, if you did go and uh, like the post that we had on Instagram and follow along with our YouTube page, uh, I'm giving away the, that set of Hawk Helium sticks, and we'll be doing that at the same time, so all of that will be uh, given away, and so if you if you want to know how to get in uh, on some of those giveaways and other things that we do uh, for our Patreons, you can go check out Patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles Podcast, or you can check out. Uh, there's a link to it on our website, BowhunterChroniclesPodcast.com. And, and Patreon is basically just uh, crowdfunding for the podcast, so it allows us to, you know, uh, try out new gear, uh, buy uh equipment that we need uh for the podcast, more filming, you know, I mean we've got so much stuff coming up right now. Um, you know, Ernie, if you saw our post on Instagram, Ernie is already tagged out, he shot two bucks in one morning, uh, left all of his cameras in the car, uh, because it's not part of his um routine yet. Uh Frank has already um made a bad shot on a deer, videoed it with the tacticam. Uh we got to look back at it. We called in a dog. Um Non-fatal hit, and uh, the same morning that Ernie tagged out, uh, Frank missed a buck as well. So, and he videoed that on Tacticam. So, (laughs) Frank is doing a great job. Ernie's doing a piss poor job of uh, recording the hunts. But um, you know, you can you can check all of that stuff out on uh, on our Patreon. And like I said, that just helps us, and uh, it also funds all these giveaways. So, you know, we put most of that money. You know, almost entirely back into, uh, you know, giving stuff back to the patrons. We do as much as we can for them. So we really appreciate them. Um, You know, so if you want to help us out, you want to help the podcast grow, you know, let us do more things. uh, You know, so we've got more content for you guys. You know, you can certainly check that out on Patreon. If you're like, nah, 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 just get to the podcast. Come on, we just want to hear the information. No big deal. We appreciate every single listener. Uh, we just ask that you do us a favor and you just tell somebody else about the podcast. Um, you know, that's that's how we kind of grow uh, word of mouth is, is best. Uh, but if you really like the podcast, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora or however you're listening. And um, that also helps us. It uh, puts us in, you know in front of more people as well. So uh, if you could do that for us, we really appreciate it. We get thousands of downloads and we've got less than a hundred reviews. So if you could help us out with that, we really appreciate it, but we really do appreciate every single person that listens and wanted to get this podcast out for you. So you have the opportunity to try all the features on base map. Um, we really like it. Uh, just coming back from out West, we used it quite a bit and, um, with this new hunt wind feature for uh, white tail hunting. I've been using it every day trying to figure out where these bucks are, why they're bedded on certain winds, why they're showing up on camera. Um, You know, it is really kind of invaluable to be able to even see it on the screen with the, the, smoke and the wind and everything the way that they've got it set up so uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast definitely check out basemap and you can use the code basemap uh, you can use the code at basemap.com of chronicles and save 20% so it gives you the uh, basemap pro for $24 for the year so um, check that out this week and uh, thanks for listening <laughs> All right, everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And, you know, I I recorded the one with Ernie and Frank uh, when we got back from Colorado, and uh, it seemed like forever since we've done this. John, how long has it been since you've done a podcast? I was actually curious if you were going to come back uh, for this one.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was gone for three weeks, so either my wife was going to
2: divorce me or, or you were, so... <laughs> so i had to get back and i was thinking you know but were you going to come back for the podcast because you know you don't you know you your your words if we were to go my words versus your words on the podcast mine are probably like in the millions and yours are in like tens of thousands so if you're like oh you know it's been about a month um i don't really need to do this anymore I'm, i'm spent you
1: know i was thinking i'm like he don't really need me especially (laughs) after the trip i just had like i just i pretty much took over the world's worst bow hunter well title
2: yeah i mean you you loosed a whole bunch of arrow a myriad of arrows
1: yeah i I, I did not at one point my quiver was just all (laughs) wrecked shit
2: so (laughs) but that's another podcast for another day um, like I said, I didn't know if John was going to make it back for this one or, or what, uh, we're kind of wedging this one in here in the middle, because um, we got something special for you guys, uh, the listener, uh, we have Ed Grams back, uh, from Basemap, um, with, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some of the new features that Basemap has, but they're rolling out, you know, a week full of free pro Basemap for you guys to try out in the uh, the features that are on pro are, are really pretty sweet. So, um, wanted to do that just because of the time frame, and, you know, we have the ability to do it. So, uh, we're going to get this out here so we can show that to you guys. So how are you doing tonight, Ed?
3: Man, I'm doing great. It's been, it's been a while since we talked.
2: Right. And I mean, and, and boy, boy, the world has changed since the last time we talked. Oh my God. I, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and I shouldn't even say this on the podcast because, um, Somebody else is going to beat me to it, but this is what I'm going to do, right? And I hope it's not illegal. Um, So, because I I feel like it could be, but I want to make a big sign for the front of my window in my car, right? Park it on public land and say, I have COVID. I've been all over these (laughs) woods. For your own safety, hunt somewhere else, right? Uh, I mean...
3: Well, you know, I, obviously you guys were out west also. You know, I was out in Wyoming. You guys were in Colorado, Montana. And I, I'm i pretty certain you didn't find the boogeyman out in the woods. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I, I, I mean, I, I was in Jackson, Wyoming, and, man, they were crazy with the masks. I mean, I saw people in Teton National Park with nobody around them wearing masks. I saw people huh. riding a bike trail. Nobody on the bike show but like a husband and wife wearing masks
2: i was in the dallas fort worth airport and uh i was sitting there and i was just you know on my phone and i'm looking around and nobody's got a mask on at all so i took my mask off and uh just continued doing what i was doing and the this pilot uh, he was just going back home to uh, he was going to grand junction colorado which is where i was flying into and he yep. walks over to me gives me a thumbs up and he goes fuck those sheep <laughs> and i was like <laughs> and when i got to colorado like i got a text from the guy that was picking me up and he said you don't need a mask here <laughs> like like there was no masks at all in colorado where i was at there was nothing same thing yeah
1: i was in bozeman and uh well for that's where like my home base was there but everywhere we went you know, the little towns, it was just, like, business as usual, no masks. Like, I talked to my buddy. I'm like, hey, do we need to bring a mask? He's like, what? The only place you need them is if you went to, like, REI in Bozeman or, <laughs> yeah. or downtown,
3: you know, like, stuff like that. But Oh, man. I tell you what, the uh, Jackson Hole of New York City was crazy with them. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a lot of dirty looks. I, I wore it when I went into a store. As soon as I would come out and be outside, I would take it off, and man, I got so many dirty looks. It's like I'm outside; I don't need to wear it. <laughs> right. uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, how the times have changed since we. Uh, yes, since
3: we... like like I said, it's been a while since we talked, and the world has gone crazy.
2: So, where are you guys at in your your season right now? So, you started like what September 15th, something like that?
3: Yeah, um, you know, so in Wisconsin, our season opened up. I think it was on the twelfth. It opened up when I was in Wyoming. Uh, I I haven't been in a tree yet. I'm I probably won't be in a tree until the first week in November, just because I've got freezers full of meat now after my trip to Wyoming. Oh, I just rub um, it in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, freezers full of meat. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm getting a lot of pictures of bucks, but everything's at night still. Um, you know, I to me, I I believe that. Yeah, the october lull is a real thing so i'm not i'm not going to get out to where i haunt i mean it's like three and a half hours away until you know the rut kicks in
2: man I, yeah we've been, we've been open for weeks so my uh our season opened october 1st my wife had a women's weekend and i you know we got some of those new uh the tacticam reveal cell cams i put it out at this piece of property super heavy pressure you know it's not probably as pressured as where I take John but you know there's still <laughs> a lot of guys um and it, daylight pictures a buck after buck after buck after buck and I'm on okay. daddy duty and uh so my daughter and I actually went out there and glassed up three different bucks you know and you know if you follow along like I'm not going to be all that particular on this one or that one but there were some re- I mean there was there were bucks in there that John would shoot at now I can say that. It's fun. Um. <laughs> hey, I did kill something. So. Oh.
1: I came back. I had to buy a new freezer. So there. <laughs> All right. This wasn't full. This wasn't without. as big Great. like a college one? I just got the little one, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get to that story. That that does uh, pertain to the my base map. So, <laughs> so, so
2: what's new with base map? Ed, what's, uh, what's, what's been going on over over on your end?
3: Oh, man, since the last time we talked, um, I mean, we've had some improvements, you know, in the app and things like that. But our, our big thing, you know, we definitely uh, tried to focus on the white tail hunter this year. And we came out with something called Hunt Wind, uh, basically an in-app wind check. know you can check the wind anywhere in the world um you know if you're a free basic member you can check it you can't check future but you can check what it is right now Uh, if you're a pro member you can check it anywhere in the world for you know up to 24 hours um you know you basically just put a little a little icon on the on the map and it'll show you what the conditions are right now and up to 24 hours from now um I'm sure you guys would play with it. That, like the smoke animation is kind of cool. You can see, in a sense, where your where your scent is blown to. So you can try. You know, for us whitetail guys, scent is huge. You know, try to figure out where you should be, when you should be there, uh, based on on the wind and weather conditions. And and with that, you know, there, if you if you drop a marker, that's a tree stand. You know, you and I talked about this. Drop a marker, that's a tree stand. Now you can set your ideal wind. You know, for that location, if you're sitting on a food plot or, or whatever, you know, the way the wind should be blowing to hunt that spot. And now it'll tell you in the app, yeah, today's a good day. You know, tomorrow is not good. Four days from now is really good. Um, so it's kind of some predictive uh, weather forecasting, you know, for when you should be in what stand.
2: Yeah. I've been messing around with it and we were just uh, talking here a little bit before the podcast. John, you just kind of stumbled across it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, in the dark out there in Montana, so <laughs> I didn't know all the new stuff, but I was like, "Well, what is this? How did I?" I'm like, "Huh." I didn't know how I'd hit it, but then once I talked
2: to Adam, I was I've been playing with it. Yeah, so. uh, I think it's pretty neat because, like, when you set it and you look at, like, when you check the wind, there's a little slider at the bottom, and it kind of tells you, uh, like, hour. I think it's every two hours, or maybe I got big yeah. fingers and it just slides. But it's telling you, and I like it that it says risky wind it's like yeah right that's the one i'm looking for that uh, just off wind you know i mean and and, and really that's you know for a lot of the public land guys you know that when you're trying to get super aggressive like that's kind of what you're looking for you know that ideal wind is kind of like bullshit for us because it's like you know you said well if you're gonna set up on a food plot or something it's like yeah we're setting up on like a deer or like a trail or something it's not like you know there's an there's an ideal wind for morning and evening but not like i don't know what yeah you're you're gonna want that like
1: risky wind because that you know hopefully that buck's coming in right on the edge of it
3: right you know that's you know and and you know a couple weeks ago we you know we had an update for our weather center too you know that kind of ties all this in you know our our old weather information was kind of crappy it just showed averages it didn't show you hourly it didn't show you what the high and low temperatures were it was just an average for the day well now we we changed that you know to give you true forecasting for up to 7 days um and then in there you know if you look it's actually going to list all your stands by day you know that you have set with uh with the ideal wind and it'll show you which stands you should be in on that day um you know so it it's really a lot of information for the for the whitetail guy looking at you know, where they should be and when they should be there. Um, You know, but yeah, to your point, you know, public land guys, they're they're hunting on the edge anyway. So, you know, showing that like risky wind. Yeah, you hope that buck is is stupid and, and taking a chance and that you're in the right spot at the right time.
2: Well, I mean, and uh, the the other part of that I can say is that you, the hunter, are just stupid enough to be right there on the edge of like, <laughs> exactly. you know, or just, you know, we, you know, we like to use the term aggressive, right? Not, not, but there, there's a bunch of other information. I was looking. Um, I saw, you know, our buddy Greg Litzinger, the bow hunting fiend, on Instagram. If you're following along, um. He was talking about, you know, he's out in Jersey and hunting a lot of the tidal stuff. And so that, mm-hmm. that also has the moon phase and, like, what the tide is going to be at, like, different times and stuff, right? So yep. there's mm-hmm. a bunch of information in there.
3: Yeah, barometric pressure, um, you know, everything that, a, everything that a
2: whitetail guy is looking for. And what, I mean, what was the catalyst for that or, like, what sparked that whole side of this you know compared to you know because when we talked the last time you were just saying okay well you know there's other mapping software out there they've got big marketing and they have no competition right right so right well, you guys stepped in and said all right well we're gonna do we're gonna do that better and we're gonna do that cheaper and it would be very easy to just say you know now we've accomplished that now, why reinvent the wheel with something you know so so such a big undertaking
3: well you know since we talked I mean, we've definitely
2: done a lot of
3: marketing on our end we've we've signed with a lot of um whitetail specific partners you know bone collector north american whitetail deer and deer hunting et etc cetera, et cetera.
2: i'm hurt that we're hey, left out of that ed
3: <laughs> well hey man you guys you guys are killing it for us i told you that <laughs> um you know we had, we had a different direction we were looking at going and and I kind of stepped in and, and said, you guys, you're, you're missing the ball here. Um, you know, whitetail hunters outnumber, they outnumber the, the Western hunters by a lot. I mean, you and I, the three of us can agree whitetail is king. Oh yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're listening to me and you're out West, you're an elk hunter. Look, I love elk hunting as much as you, but whitetail is king. um, so it's, we need, we needed to improve the app to focus kind of on the Midwest and, and Eastern, Southeastern hunter that's chasing whitetail because there are so many of us. You know, so what can we bring into the app that's going to appeal to that hunter? Um, you know, there's obviously so many different apps out there. I mean, our big competitor doesn't have anything like this. They focus too much on the, on the Western guy so we wanted to bring something to to the masses, basically, you know, something really cool at an affordable price, and and you know, I'm not going to tell you what we're working on, but this is just the tip of the iceberg for you know the Whitetail folks.
2: Now, one of the things that I've noticed um, throughout this, and and you know, it kind of maybe goes back into that reinventing the wheel thing, um, but the the layers, right? So there's a million layers. I mean, there's not – I don't know how many there are, but there, it's double-digit layers. It's I over think. over 800. Yeah. So when you're downloading maps or when you're trying to look at it on your phone, it can be, like, somewhat overwhelming. Um, nice. And now you're, you're adding a whole bunch more uh, things to it. Like, is there some sort of, like, a tutorial or, I don't know, like, recommended – Or you know maybe that's something that you guys can can be one of your next things is like if you click Whitetail it would go to this is what you want you know because I mean it is like I said when you're on your phone it's like holy shit like I could I could click on these all day I can be lost in this app real quick right
3: yeah you know so you know we do have some tutorials on our YouTube page but I will admit that they're a little dated. Uh, because we've changed our our user interface a little bit since we did those videos uh you know but we are looking at again kind of changing things to make things a little bit more user friendly and a little bit more intuitive um i mean the biggest complaint we get is man i can't find anything i can't figure this out i've been using on x for five years well that's because you've been using on x for five years and we're not on x okay right. we have the information it's just a little bit. It's in a different place. Um, yeah, I mean, to your point, it can get a little overwhelming with the amount of information we have, you know. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there you're never going to click on and use. But, you know, you can scroll through it and see what's there. Um, but, yeah, it can, it can get a little crazy. I mean, I had I had layers on out west that I would never have on out here, like checking wildfires and, and crap like that.
2: Um, yeah, John and but, I were right in the middle of all that yeah <laughs> yeah, I,
3: yeah oh man it it was i didn't have any fires by me but damn it was smoky out there
1: yeah i uh, our first our a our a pick was on fire like when on my way out so we had to switch up on the way and, oh man and it's actually like well let's see i was out there for three weeks i i got back to bozeman like on day 15 i think it was so i was going to try to get back up there and we drove up and it was still closed. Like the trailhead that we had picked was still closed. And the firemen, like the forest service, service, they were all parked right there. That was like their command post. (laughs) Like, like, well, I guess that's still off limits. So, yeah. But
3: I mean, I would, I would say as a, as a public land whitetail hunter, you know, obviously having the layer on that shows the, the boundaries and the names of the public land, um, you know, maybe the the trails, you know, depending on if you're going in on a established trail or something like having the trails on, um, maybe even maybe even the private land if you you know got to track something or in the roads. I mean, there there really isn't too much that you need on in the Midwest because we don't necessarily have to worry about hunting units, you know. At least in Wisconsin, we don't. I don't know about Michigan. You guys have to worry about like uh, we have hunting units,
2: antler point restrictions. Uh, per, okay. Per county, um, but other than then a little bit of the CWD stuff. But okay. other than that, it's pretty standard. Uh,
3: yeah. So I mean, there's only you know there's only two or three layers that you may have on at any one one time when you're when you're actually out hunting. I, I think that if you're sitting at home playing with the app or online and doing some scouting, you probably have more stuff on. But realistically, when you're out there, there's only you know two or three layers you really need
2: yeah i think that's where i get like a little bit i don't know not not, like confused but like on the computer like all those layers like i absolutely love it like being able to go back and forth and and see like well let's look at the train well let's look at it in 3d let's look at it here let's look at it there and then then when i get on my phone i'm like oh man what was the one with the you know and, and, and all that and then when when you download them and i've used like one of the ones i thought i would never ever use is you've got all the the lakes and stuff on there yeah well like i this year is the first year that i had a boat and uh i was going to my friend's house from the boat launch which was like six miles like in this little bayou around the corner so i took base map out and i didn't at that point i didn't have my Uh, a graph on my boat like i had just bought the boat and i'm like oh i'm gonna go see see mark you know i had base map and i just made a line like from here to here to here to here i pinned his house and then just made like you know where i needed to go and and i was like my other friends they they got lost on uh uh Jace just got a boat. They got lost on Muskegon Lake in the dark. And I'm like, you need to check out this app because it tells you, like, right where you're at, where you need to go, where you parked. That's <laughs> awesome.
3: So,
1: I mean. Yeah. My my go-to uh, map, I mean, I love, like, the satellite imagery, but I like, you know, especially out west. Even here, yeah. I like to have the contour, the topo lines on there. And then I like to have the good topo map, too, just by itself.
3: Mm-hmm right
1: yeah so those yeah, are and, those and, are my two go-to
3: you know and obviously we've got a couple different topo maps and we have you know ones with like the satellite with topo the shaded relief i like the shaded relief one yeah yeah um you know because it kind of shows you know it shows a little bit of the contour a little bit better than just the lines and you know i feel like okay that's going to show me where shadows are when the sun is up and things like that
2: yeah so speaking of John and the way that you use base map. So you actually use base map while you were out elk hunting, and it, it killed you your mule deer in the weirdest of scenarios possible.
1: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's a long story, but I'll try to shorten it up. So th- that morning, uh, that morning I had a plan to. We had located some elk the night before, uh, and we. Where we're at, there was, like, the lower mountain road that down through the basin, and then there was the upper mountain road. And so my buddy Mark had already killed his cow the day before, so he got a little drunk that night, and we're like, well, <laughs> hey, you got to get up and at least park up there so no one else comes in from that area. I mean, we're kind of putting a block on, but we were hunting up to that point. So we, my other hunting partner, Eddie, and I, we started at the lower end, we hiked up. We got into the elk right away. It didn't work out, but in the, in the mix of it, I set down my GoPro, and I'm like, oh, and I forgot it there. So we ended up chasing <laughs> the elk up the mountain, and then you know, obviously we couldn't keep up with them. They just were, they they were headed to where they wanted to be, and we got up to Mark's truck, and so I'm like, well, I know where it's at. I mean, I got my track. I had my track on the whole time with base map. So I'm like, I'm just going to, instead of going back down and hiking back up, I'm just going to walk back that way. So I started heading back that way and ended up running into a covey of grouse. I was like, shoot, the first two were like on the ground. And then there was a couple in the tree. And so I got my grouse arrow. Well, the first arrow I just launched it into oblivion like poof, completely missed the bird i'm like well i was too close and i shot underneath it and so what i did i was like well it's got a lit knock and it's, you know, i'm like yeah you know, i'm I, I hate losing arrows for one so anybody that knows me knows i'll sit and look for an arrow for an hour if i break one that's one thing but if i lose it i gotta try to find it so what i yeah. did is i know i did some testing during the summer with my base map i was up on a field and i I know that my arrow, like if I had a 20-degree angle, I could shoot it, and it would go about 340 yards. So I got back. Well, I ended up, I grabbed out another arrow, grabbed out one of my hunting arrows, and I shot and killed the grouse. So I'm like, okay, got the grouse. Now I'm going to go find my arrow. So I did a line of sight, and I did it, I got on there and did the line, and I, I drew the line out like 340 yards, and I pointed in the direction it was like I, the arrow went. So I saved that and then I was just started walking that line. Well, it brought me up on the side of the mountain. I'm side-hilling, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking around for this arrow. And then I looked down at the bottom of the, at the base of the mountain there and there's a couple mule deer sitting there. I was like, shoot. shoot. So <laughs> I'm like, and there was a couple small ones and they got up and they seen me, you know, they got up and they just started to kind of wander off. I'm like, whoa. All of a sudden, a big doe jumped up down to my right so she ended up coming out 35 yards and i ended up getting a shot and i killed her so i was like well shoot if i wouldn't have been following that line you know <laughs> looking for my arrow i would have just walked down through the you know on the other side and i wouldn't have been side hill and i was you know so it ended up working out good so i i have to give base map a little bit of credit <laughs> on that kill because
3: that's awesome
1: but well, i didn't the, find the the arrow. important
3: question did you find the arrow did you find your gopro
1: i i i found the gopro i did not find the arrow after after i shot her i ended up it was a i shot her back a little farther than you know that was i was having some issues with my bow and shot her a little bit back so i gave her some time then i didn't want to be dinking around looking for an arrow and, and jump her up so i just kind of scooted back out and around and then went right up to where my gopro was it was you know i followed the map right to it and then uh then I went back down, got bound to my truck. Those guys were already there. We ate lunch, came back up, and then walked, you know, walked down, and we found her laying. And of course, we we're in grizzly country, so I didn't get any pictures or anything. It was just like, <laughs> all right, uh, it's been a couple hours, so let's get this thing, you know, cut oh. up and packed
3: out. So, <laughs> oh yeah you you want to hear a couple of grizzly stories? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man. So, you know, I was in Wyoming a couple weeks ago hunting elk and, and elder. Yeah, and, you know, I was in grizzly country and you know, the kind of the greater Yellowstone ecosystem where there's more grizzly bears than people. Oh yeah. And no kidding on the first morning, I think we woke up a grizzly bear. I mean, we were walking through the timber and all of a sudden we heard something bust out and we thought god damn it we kicked the elk out look over and it's still standing there and you know my guide buddies like i i can't see it i don't know what it is i said well it looks like same color as an elk it's light colored bear then it started chomping his teeth and growling at us (laughs) like yeah that's not an elk and then it stood up on his hind legs and and mind you this thing is like 25 yards away And, you know, so we both have bear spray and pistols drawn, ready to go to war. And, you know, luckily he took off running. Um, but no kidding, the next morning, you know, we, we went kind of this, to the same area and we just got off off our horses, tied up the horses. And here comes a grizzly bear walking right to us. And he again got to about 20 yards and, you know, it's just getting light enough to see him and again bear spray and pistols drawn, ready to, ready to fight this <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, it's like, it, 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 I just could not believe it. And, you know, I killed an elk out there and with my bow, and we ended up having to leave it overnight because we lost blood, and it was starting to get dark, and we didn't want to fight with a bear in the dark. And we went back in the next morning, took an extra guy with us, and took rifles, and I left my bow at camp, took my rifle, and we thought, we thought sure as hell we were going to find that that elk with a bear on it oh yeah but luckily we found the elk and he hadn't been touched and i think we got that elk out of the woods in record time <laughs> again you know it, it was good that we had three guys there two guys cutting and one guy with a head on a watching oh, for, yeah. watching for yogi bear to come so what were you carrying
2: for a pistol i had a
3: 10 millimeter
2: uh
3: springfield xdm 10 millimeter
2: yeah, it seems ten millimeter seems to be the kind of go-to, at least for it, yeah people it, that it, have.
3: You know, I, I bought a new. I had bought a new vinyl harness this year, specifically because I could. The harness I bought, I could buy a holster that mounted on the bottom of the vinyl harness, so my pistol was always on my person, even if I dropped my pack. Yeah, that's a big thing. <laughs> You know, because, I mean, my bear spray was on my pack, so if I dropped my pack, I didn't have the spray, but at least I always had my my pistol on me.
2: Because this time, like, I, I wasn't necessarily afraid of many things that were in Colorado. We weren't in grizzly country. It wasn't, like, a big deal. And where John and I were in Idaho the last time, there wasn't grizzlies either. So I just had a nine millimeter, but I carried a Glock seven or Glock 19 the last time and it was just too heavy. So I switched up this time to a, a, a shield nine millimeter. And I didn't realize that the guy that I was hunting with may or may not be afraid of moose. Um, and I mean, I, I, I know like, you know, stories from back in the day that, you know, my, my dad being walked down the mountain by a big bull moose and. You know, all this stuff, like, you know, they're, but these moose were like at like 40 yards and he's telling me, get your pistol, get your pistol. So, I mean, obviously that gets me like a little bit amped up, you know, so I, cause I got my pistol out and, uh, now I'm looking at the thing going like, fuck, I don't think this has enough, you know, (laughs) eight rounds of nine millimeters, probably not going to really do anything (laughs) with that moose. Like that was a,
1: (laughs) I was only carrying my nine millimeter, but I was carrying the seven, the big. My big M and P and that has 17 rounds. I'm like, well, if 17 rounds don't stop a bear, then I guess I'm, you know, 17 rounds out of that. And my bear spray, I guess I'm bear, you know, bear meat for you know. Well,
3: well, no, you you got, you know, I would joke. I think my my 10 millimeter holds 15, so I've got 14 14 for the bear and one for me. One for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or I could just hit him with that thing and be like Giannis, you know, from Meat Eater. Uh, exactly. Instead of the trekking poles, I could have hit, just hit him with a heavy-ass pistol. And <laughs> he probably would have turned and ran.
3: But, yeah, I mean, it, it – you know, the the other times I've been out to the same location, elk hunting in Wyoming, it was during rifle season. And, you know, I had bear spread and carry a pistol. I mean, I figured, well, hell, I got a big rifle. But going out there with a the bow, there was definitely a little bit more of a pocket factor. And, you know, and two days in a row running into bear, it was not – not a fun experience. Yeah. Well, where we were at, um,
1: they had like a double a double mauling or something last year, not far from where we yes. were hunting.
3: Yes. The, the guy that got mauled by the same bear twice? Yeah. Yep.
1: And uh, so and we had the the first, that was at the second location we hunted. The first location, there was just all, we ran into hunters left and right and no elk. So we got out of there and we're like, well. I guess we'll do, let's just go to Grizzly Country. Maybe there will be less hunters because there's grizzlies there, <laughs> and uh, th- that wasn't the case. There was a lot, a lot of freaking other hunters, but we did end up getting into elk. But the first day we were driving around, we got up uh, a little north of where we ended up hunting, and we ran into a couple guys, and they they go out there every year. They were from South Dakota, and they were telling us about how oh yeah last year there was a you know a double attack right up there and then uh there was you know the camp like so you see that corner right there there was a camp right there and they had a bear in their camp twice i'm like huh yeah let's stay a little south of here (laughs) yeah but so definitely like 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 when adam and i were in idaho you know we'd get up four o'clock in the morning and hike up the mountain, you know, no, you know, in the dark and then we'd come back, yep. but you know, we'd be hiking back and get back at 11, like hours after dark. Well, this spot that we were hunting, I was like, well, I'm going to walk out at gray light. I'm not going out in the dark, <laughs> you know, and then, right. And then I would end up cutting my hunt a little short too, just to, you know, if it was a long walk, I'm like, yeah, I'm really not comfortable walking out. I'm a, you know, especially I, we'd end up splitting up. And so I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'm a chicken shit, but I don't want to be walking out of here in the dark and run into a grizz. So.
3: Well, my outfitter who I was hunting with, he had one of his guides get mauled and killed by a bear two years ago. Oh, and and actually, the, you know, the day I shot my bull was the two-year anniversary, you know, when when his guide got, got killed. So, I mean, it was definitely in the back of his mind. And, and I could tell, you know, he he just wasn't, he wasn't too, you know, too excited about about searching for this elk in the dark and cutting it up. And we didn't have our horses; we went in on foot, and we knew it was gonna be a long night. So that's why we just decided to get up there. But, yeah. you know, yeah, like I said, two years ago, he he had a guide get mauled and and killed out there. Jeez.
1: Now, yeah. yeah, I mean, I ended up. I had an opportunity at a nice bull. I ended up shooting high on the back in the no man's land, and he actually bugled as he. Ran off, so I know <laughs> that he was, you know, it was a non-fatal wound, but yeah, and in, in it was in the evening, so I went down, found my arrow, you know, looked for blood. There was no blood. There was fat and meat on the arrow, so yeah, I knew, I knew it, it confirmed. I watched the lit knock just phew, zip right through the top of his back, but the next morning, you know, we got we went back in the same spot. I'm like, well, we you know we at least have to search this area just in case you know so we sat till like ten thirty, eleven o'clock and i noticed some birds like down off the mountain circling it was like well maybe i'll go check that out so yeah we ended up we started looking and i started heading down the mountain and it was quite a ways it went down one come back up and as i was coming up i could see them birds and i crested the hill and i could see down and there was a bald eagle sitting on the top of this dead tree and i was like man how cool is that you know and <laughs> as i crested it even farther all of a sudden at the base of that tree there is a dead elk laying there a bull elk i'm like and i went from the lowest to lowest to the highest i was like holy shit i got him like there he is <laughs> yeah. laying right there i'm like yeah. i can't believe it so i like signaled to my buddy he was up on the other ridge and so i'm like I whistled to him, you know, got his attention, waved him down. So I started like basically running down this. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, dumbass. You know, there could be a freaking Grizz sitting right there because it's up on yep. this little plateau. So I got down to the bottom and I, i like, all right, got my composure. I'm like, okay, I pulled my gun and then I started, you know, just walking up and I was making noise and talking just in case. Of course, you know, if a Grizz is sitting, getting ready to, you know, eat lunch and I'm going to, disturb him it's probably not going to be good but <laughs> so i got up and then i waited for ed to come up and he got his pistol out and then we started you know looking at this bull i'm like man it looks just like him and but i searched it over i could not find a hole in him anywhere oh. and i'm like and it you know like his eye was poked out but they could the birds you know were on him so i'm like man what what are the odds that there's this bull here you know, and it was, like, ended up being, like, 380 yards from where I shot mine. Yeah. And so, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to at least, like, start skinning them just to see if I can find. Maybe the whole you know, like, I couldn't find it. I'm only shooting, you know, like, the little uh, four-blade uh, slick trick standard. So, yep. small, small broadhead. But I ended up skinning out the whole side of them. We rolled them over. And there was not one hole. The only thing we could find was when I, I ended up skinning his neck out, his whole neck was just all black, like his throat and everything. So I don't know if he had gotten in a fight and, like, got his throat crushed or got his neck broke, but there was not one wound in him. Like, arrow hole, bullet hole. We looked at his head like maybe someone shot him with a twenty two. It was the weirdest thing. So I went back to the lowest of lows, like. Here, I yeah. thought I found my elk, and nope. But He had
3: the COVID. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we <laughs> dropped it. I'm like, maybe he died of COVID. I swear I said that. I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, Adam, that's the first time you heard about yeah. that part of it. Yeah, so. I heard
2: that. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, John, I, I, for me, this is the first time I've seen John in a month, <laughs> you know, and so – uh Man, that's crazy. I can't wait to hear the whole.
1: Oh, and it was definitely. (laughs) And then, you know, I ended up, I drove out by myself. So I had, I drove home and, you know, just being dumb, I ended up sticking around Bozeman and I left Bozeman at seven o'clock at night after I'd been up all day and just drove straight home and it ended up taking me like 30 hours because I ended up, I got over by Miles City and I ended up there were so many deer on the road. I was like, well, I actually, I pulled into Mile City and I pulled up my base map and I started looking. I'm like, well, here's some national forest right down here. And, and then I went on in the, uh, to the, the zones and the units and I looked at it and it's like, oh, I can kill a cow or a spike. So I'm like, well. So I took like a three-hour tour <laughs> down <laughs> And got out to that spot and ended up doing like thirty miles of dirt roads. Got to the spot and I was like, "Oh man, I got to go like another." It was like another ten miles north up <laughs> into the into this national forest, and I was like, "Screw it, I'm going home."
3: <laughs> well, did you go? Did you go south out of Mile City towards Broadus? Yeah, I went straight yeah. south
1: and uh, ended up down. There's like that little patch of uh, national forest right on the yep. uh, Montana, yeah, the Custer. Yep. 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 And I've yeah, seen so many freaking monster mule deer. I was like, at, at one point I was going like, even on the blacktop, I was driving like 25 because they were just everywhere.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. But. that That's, uh, that area, like the broadest Miles city area, that's where I go to chase mule deer and antelope at the bowl. Yeah. It's insane how many animals are down there.
1: Oh, it, it was like crazy. And that's kind of like when I, when I uh headed out, I actually same thing I was I just looked on my base map and before I left I downloaded a couple spots right off of ninety four and for BLM and I got off I got out there uh like like three o'clock in the morning and I just parked, slept in the truck for a couple hours, got up, drove up to them spots and antelope. Right away seen antelope, started chasing them end up having an opportunity at one and just couldn't capitalize on it. But I mean, just, I had an awesome trip. I filled one tag, but should have filled three,
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but I won't
1: change it, man. It was like the experience I had was just amazing.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, it you know, I had an epic trip. Sound like you had a great trip. I mean, it, it's it definitely been a good fall so far.
1: Yeah. But I did have about 30 hours of driving where I just kept replaying that scenario with that bowl over and over and (laughs) over.
3: Yeah. Yeah, not good. uh,
1: When I got back to Bozeman on that, like, after the first two locations, I ended up, I brought my old Hoyt with, and I had my PSC. I ended up stripping everything off the PSC, rebuilt my Hoyt, ended up, my buddy's got a full shop. He's got a bow press and all that. So I ended up completely rebuilding my Hoyt putting on new sight tapes and I was back in business with that one. And I've like had a hundred percent confidence in that bow. So I was like, yeah, (laughs) but I didn't get to draw that one
2: back on an animal. So
3: next time. Yeah.
2: All the, uh, this uh grizzly and predator talk makes me think maybe you got it in there like with uh, the go hunt stuff or the Eastmans or or whatever. Uh, you know you got some draw information and stuff but how about like predator attacks or like uh, predator <laughs> ranges? <laughs> oh man <laughs> we probably should. I mean you know that would be helpful like you know I don't know in the lower 48 if there is a grizzly season or whatever. But no nope, but nope. if you had a range for the grizzly, like where you're clicking down, you know, like whitetail antelope, mule deer, turkey, etc. If you had grizzly on there, what's you crazy see, though like- is
1: the the grizzly, like um my buddy Ed out there, he has a friend that's a biologist and we were, he got to talking to him and last year there was an incident with there was like twenty some cows that ended up eating some poisonous weed and they died in this mountain range. And like grizzlies from like 200 miles around came, like traveled to that location to feed on those carcasses. Hmm, that's insane. And and like, what do they do? Get on the cell phone? Like, hey Ed, uh, we got we got some dead cows. You guys should uh, grab your buddies and get over here. You know? No, they don't have cell phones and, and Instagram. They just have their nose, and it's amazing that they could actually even find that like we were talking about like how how did they all migrate to this area just for this kill
2: or right the grizzly version of base map well (laughs) well
3: well, adam adam you actually brought up a damn good idea and and no kidding i am going to pass that idea along i think that having like a layer that shows grizzly ranges because there are people that want to go out and hunt elk or whatever out west and they don't want to be anywhere near them damn things (laughs) And it's probably not a bad thing to have have a layer that shows their ranges. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's what it was when we were in Idaho. Is like, you know, there's been like one grizzly in 20 years here, but like, you know, right here's safe. And that, like, for for our first elk hunt, you know, uh, John and I just all by ourselves. I mean, of all the things that we were trying to prepare for, like not having to prepare for a grizzly was, you know, <laughs> was great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and, you
3: know our. Our founder, CEO, who, you know, is the brains behind all the layers and stuff, he lives in the panhandle of Idaho, and he deals with Grizzly bears. So if I pass this along to him, he's like, man, that's a damn good idea.
2: Well, you got our address right for the royalty checks and all that. <laughs> send, send you the royalties? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so nice. what,
2: what's going on with the uh, with the free thing that you guys are rolling out?
3: yeah so we're going to have a free preview of base map from october 8th through the 14th so basically you're going to get all the information you know every layer uh you're going to get all the hunt research information which which has the eastman's mrs data um you know if you're on a on an iphone or ipad you're going to have the 3d mapping basically you're going to get everything free for a week so if you've got a, a if you've got base Map now just have a free membership you're going to get it free for a week um no matter when you download base map between the 8th and the 14th you're going to get a free week so if you download it on the 14th you're still going to get a free week up until the 21st um it's just kind of a way to to showcase the app and, and the information we have and hopefully show how we're different and you know in our minds better than what the competition is so is a, a chance for you to, to see everything we've got
2: I mean like I say I, the price is like phenomenal but then once you get into all the other features I mean like I say I've been I've been using it basically last year since ATA since we got that thing and we got a hold of you because I was like you know I haven't heard anything about this let's let's take it for a spin and I mean you guys have been doing a, a very good job since then on on the marketing. Um, and getting it out there, but um, I, I think all that information is—I mean, especially for whitetail, because now, like, I'm literally like looking at, like, okay, well, I'm well, going, yeah. I'm going often, back and forth between uh, spots, you
1: know. Like when, <laughs> when I'm getting ready to go out, it's like that's one of the biggest things. I'm looking at the weather. Okay, oh man, I can't hunt here because the wind, you know. So I'm looking at other apps and doing this, and now it's all integrated into one. That makes it even, and then you can, you can freaking basically predict it for you like oh this is good this stand like shoot that's right taking the thinking out for you
3: you know like i said we you know we wanted to focus on the whitetail market just because it's so big you know and there's there's other arrows in the quiver you know that we'll be working on for 2021 um we had we had a bunch of stuff to kind of get done and clean up you know behind the scenes and we wanted to have more features come out uh this year but You know, they, we decided if we're going to have one feature, you know, come out this year, you know, that was the one that we wanted to have. And then we're just going to kind of work on building on that for hopefully for next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I can't imagine what, what else you'd have in store because I mean, when I go out hunting, it's basically the weather. And if you could get some accurate weather, because these weathermen are bullshit. I mean, (laughs) well, it's not going to rain after three o'clock. Yeah. Whatever. Like wind's not supposed to switch oh yeah okay whatever um like it's just (laughs) the most frustrating thing is you get out of the truck and i think you're always going to have that adam (laughs) well (laughs) i'm i'm just saying i mean
3: well you know so we we ended up changing our weather provider you know so we've got more accurate weather than we had in the past and we also kind of incorporate some crowdsourcing stuff you know people that have weather stations in their backyard and you know so it just it just helps to give a better picture of what's really going on um you know i've been i've been asked about you know our, our, our hunt wind does it take into account topography or elevation well it, it doesn't because it's hard you know you guys hunt out west it's hard to predict that you don't know exactly when those thermals are going to change right um you know but it, we give you what the weather is doing and what it's supposed to be doing but you know there's there's variables out there that you just cannot account for
2: right well i mean so a perfect example of that, I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast maybe, but so Frank, my father in law, he used to um hunt the spot that you know he needed you know uh what did he he needed a north wind, right? Well, he'd hunt there on a north wind and he was getting busted every single time these deer to you know the wind was blowing right in his face. Well, it was right along a highway. And so there was a draft mm-hmm. sucking that down there. So he ended up having to hunt the, actually like a bad wind or like an off wind to, to make it work. And uh, you know, guys talk about that when you're hunting on a, on a river or like somewhere else where there's a, a, you know, or a lot of edge and, and that, you know, is just something that you're going to have to take into account while you're hunting. All you can do is hunt the prevailing wind. And then for your spot, you know, do what you need to do. Right.
3: Right. Exactly. I mean, you're still going to be out there with your wind check because, you know, there are those variables that are going to be different than what, you know, we're going to tell you or any weatherman, um, you know, so it's just kind of getting out there and figuring it out.
2: And I think, you know, I don't know, stuff like that bothers me. <laughs> like I, think, I just feel like, you know, people like that are just trying to pick something apart because it's like you can't, you know, you should understand the thermals. Like your 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 app, you know, base map is great, but it's not like you still have to think about stuff. You know, right? <laughs> you know, you right. still I mean, have to use knowledge.
3: I mean, yeah, we give you a lot of information, but we're all you know, you still have to have some sort of knowledge about hunting and woodsmanship, and you know, whatever. You know, we're we're doing almost everything for you, but pulling the trigger. At this point,
2: right? Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you got coming up this season? What do you, What are you looking forward to? It looks like you, have you know, killed some. Yeah, good, killed yeah. more than I have, and John's killed more <laughs> than me. So, <laughs>
3: well, yes, yeah, so I, you know, I, I tagged out on on elk and mule deer in Wyoming. Um, you know, and, and it'll be five, four weeks now until I get out to. You know, my property, I hunt in, in southwest Wisconsin to start chasing deer with the bull. Um, getting a lot of trail camera pictures, but everything's at night. Um, you know, so I'm just waiting until the rut kicks in when when these bucks that are wandering around at night are, are on their feet during the day walking around stupid. And you're um,
2: you're one buck in Wisconsin, right? So No.
3: No? You know, so I can I shoot two because I've got my archery tag and a rifle tag. Okay. So and, I can I can shoot two bucks.
2: And those don't cross over? No. Nope. Okay.
3: Technically if I shoot, you know, I can bull hunt during rifle season, but I have to tag it with the rifle tags. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Michigan used to be like that and they switched nice. everything to a combo license, so you can kill two bucks, but you know, once you kill two bucks it's done.
3: I just bought my bought my licenses today. So I've got I've got two buck tags and I think I'd have the state gave me eight doe tags or something like that. Yeah, it's insane. And it's all, I mean, that's all based on the region of Wisconsin that I hunt. If I hunted in northern Wisconsin where there's no deer, I, I wouldn't have got any doe tags. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll be, like I said, I'll be out there probably first week in November chasing, chasing deer with the bow. And then a couple weeks later, I'll be back out there chasing them with the rifle.
2: Awesome. John, you haven't even bought your tags yet, probably, huh? I bought all my tags back in the spring. Oh, when you bought the turkey license? Yeah. Okay.
1: And I do. I know that there is some leftover doe tags that in our county that last year I bought three and didn't fill any, but just having them in my pocket.
2: I actually got a leftover general turkey tag for Muskegon County, Did you? so I can hunt private or public with.
1: I didn't even put in for the fall turkey this year. I was like, it was leftover. I didn't even look at leftovers. I was like, you know what? Screw them turkeys. I had the. T- I got my tag last year, and I did chase them around for a minute, but
3: it was like I was just basically wasting my time. Yeah. yeah. So I I didn't even put in for fall turkey. It was the state of Wisconsin pissed me off again this year for spring turkey? For some reason, I'm on the every other year list for spring turkey. So this year, <laughs> I did not get my spring turkey tag, and. And of all years to not get it, you know, this would have been the year I really wanted it with with COVID and getting out of the damn house. Right. You know, so I'm like, screw it. I'm not buying a fall turkey tag. Screw them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I just have it because, like, a couple of the places where I hunt, they're, like, everywhere. Like, today on my camera, like, at 3 o'clock, it was just turkey, 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 turkey.
3: Yeah, I'm getting a ton of pictures of turkeys and raccoons.
2: You're going to die.
3: (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm going to shoot
1: at you either way, one of the two yeah about, one of the two Just about time you let one fly at one of them damn turkeys and you're gonna look over and will be like a nice buck staring at you like oh hey buddy how you
2: doing uh, I'm out of here <laughs> uh, if you if you talk to our good buddy Tom Taylor he says that you know the deer don't really care because he shoots at every squirrel that comes by like he actually I if I remember correctly last year he had to crawl down and get all the arrows that were stuck in the ground, yeah, to, to shoot at a deer. So I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? But
3: that's an interesting story.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, what do you? You get bored out there sometimes. you Need practice, right? I think the only time I ever
3: shot at a squirrel with my bow was actually in Michigan. I used to hunt uh, down in Battle Creek. I, got, I had a buddy that lived in Battle Creek, and we'd do a little hunting. And I, I remember getting bored and shooting a squirrel, and. <laughs> I didn't kill him. The arrow was in him, and he ran up a tree with my arrow in him. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I had to wait for him to come down so I'd get my dang arrow back.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, John just killed some turkey. I never had one run off with my arrow, I don't think. Uh, I've shot a few squirrels, lots of chipmunks and red squirrels with the bow. Yeah. Yeah, I've shot
1: a, I shot a lot of, <laughs> of shit with <in> my bow. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Mark shot a grouse out there in Montana and it flew off with its arrow in it. No way. That's swear I No to God. kidding. I was like, that bird just flew off with your arrow and then we couldn't find it. <laughs> could not find it. I'm like, well, someone's going to come along here and walk and see a freaking dead grouse with an arrow in its ass. <laughs> but,
3: That's crazy. I cannot believe that a, that a grouse would take an arrow. they not die.
1: those, the grouse, well, there's like rough grouse out there and then the blue grouse. I think they call them blue. The, yeah, blue grouse. There were a lot. But, like the one, I killed one blue grouse and it was the size of a freaking chicken. Like this thing was huge. Like you, we freaking skinned it out and kept the drumsticks and everything. It was so big.
3: <laughs> They're tasty.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, man. So nice. how long does that uh, uh, thing go? What are the dates on that again? for the for the free uh, base map and and where can so, people get like download the app so
3: it'll be october 8th through october 14th uh you can download the app on itunes or google play uh, you know you do have to create an account you know with a username and password basically your, your email address and then uh, starting on the 8th you'll have you know base map pro and, and our hunt research and eastman's data for free for a week
2: and so it's 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 kind of counterintuitive and I don't know why it is such, but we've got a code. So when you decide that you want to buy it for 20% off, but you have to go online to basemap.com, sign in, sign up for pro and it's just code chronicles and you'll get 20% off. That makes it like 24 bucks for the entire. It sounds like when you, if you can pick anywhere in the world uh, for wind uh, (laughs) for the entire world, uh, for a year, so
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for twenty percent off, you can't
2: beat getting all
3: fifty states for a year.
2: And I mean, I hate to, you know, undercut our code and uh, everything, but if you guys check on CamelFire, you you guys have been on CamelFire here like maybe once every other yeah. month or something. And yeah, we've been, been on dirt there cheap on there. Yeah, we've been
3: on there a couple times on on Thursdays for yeah super cheap
2: so i mean that's something to think about i know that a lot of people are you you know we'll just try it and say well you know for for 25 bucks you know that's what i pay for onyx for one one state state, so i'll just add the whole thing and then i'll see if i like it and i think that that's where you know we're getting a lot of people to switch over just because it's like you if you're going on one out-of-state trip it's worth it's worth it right You know, and, you know, if, even if you're just going to say, okay, well, like for us, or I mean, even, you know, yeah, I guess for us, because I got friends that are hunting Wisconsin, that are hunting Ohio, that hunt Missouri, you know, and it's like, well, if you, if you're going to do that, you might as well, you know, just spend the money because it's, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to beat for the money. I mean, it's well worth it.
3: Right. We're we're always trying to make it better.
2: (laughs) All right. So. Grizzly deaths per capita. That's what we're looking for on the next <laughs> oh, update.
3: Oh, I, th- I thought we were just going for grizzly ranges. Grizzly we ranges. Grizzly well,
2: I mean, you know, if you want to make it exciting, you could have, like, little, you know how you got the little fire icon for, like, the active fires? You could have, like, a body or something. <laughs> oh,
3: boy. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, if we're going to throw in grizzly, we might as well throw in wolf ranges, too, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the wolf attack humans but i think right. that that would probably be great for the elk hunters because if there's wolves you know if there's wolves yeah. around you know they're going to probably want to avoid those areas right and, and john i mean you and i were definitely
3: hunting in prime wolf and grizzly bear country it's amazing if there are any elk around yeah
1: yeah and they were talking like well the cows were completely silent but the bulls were bugling like crazy so
3: yeah you know the bulls were bugling i mean. I don't know, it seemed to get worse by the day as far as the bulls bugling. I mean, our my first day of, of hunting, we heard a lot of cows, a lot of bugling, and it just got worse by the day. I mean, it was super, I mean, you had the same weather, it was super warm during
1: the day. Oh, yeah, it was hot. I mean, literally blazing. But, yeah, we had some, we had quite a few days where it was just completely silent. But then when we got into it and we found where the elk were actually hiding out, away from the hunters, <clears throat> the bulls were, were pretty active and 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 uh, nice. talking but the cows were not nice so i learned that the hard way on a nice bowl <laughs> i gave him a little cow call and he's like what <laughs> gone <laughs> nice <laughs> so. uh, it's
2: all about the learning experience yeah
1: yeah yes but i listened like mm-hmm. i could probably uh recite paul Medell's uh slow play uh word for word like and every podcast he's ever because that's like The whole way out, that's all I listened to for, you know, like the 20-some, 28 hours or whatever it took me to get out there. That's I just over, over, over. (laughs) I had it down, but they weren't weren't playing the slow play.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Nice. Well, Ed, I think that's kind of all we got for this evening. You know, so if there's anything else you want to throw in, um, you know, for – for base map or where people can find it, you know, social, any of that stuff. Um, yeah,
3: you know, so obviously our website base dot uh, You can download the app on iTunes and Google Play, and we do have social. Uh, you know, base map hunting and fishing on on Facebook and base map underscore hunt fish on Instagram. Cool.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely be looking forward to the the updates, and like I said, for. For the whitetail, I mean, it's it's cool. Like I, I've been using it. I was using it today. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait perfect. to get into it deeper and get it all figured out. So,
3: well, thanks for having
2: me on, gentlemen. Yeah, no, and like I said, we'll we'll make sure that this gets out for for everybody so that they can take full advantage of the, the free three weeks area. Excellent. Sure. All righty.
1: shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures.
0: Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's
1: jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern.
2: Tell a few fish stories along the way.
1: On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.